Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Oh, Logan, back into his house. Money, 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 money. What's shaking, bacon? All right, I have a question for you, and you Hit can me. think about it. Let's go. What are some weird little things you do to save money, just like on the side, random things? So I just joined the Sip Club at Panera. Sip well, Club. Well, I didn't enjoy it. Not joined a sponsor. It, joined it for my wife. It joined you. There you go. I don't know. We got like three months free, and she it's like $11 a month, but you can get like unlimited coffee. Wow. You can just walk in and get a cup. You can get regular drinks too, but you can get coffee, and that's her thing. Mm-hmm. And she'll go when she's studying for school right now and get a five dollar coffee from Starbucks, and then I just lose my mind. So, Sip Club is my new. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you don't like the coffee at Panera? Like, is it specialty coffee, or just like you go in and get a drip pour? Yeah, it's like whatever the the brew you is. But she pay gets me to get it. She gets almond milk with it and the sugar. So, so I, I mean, I'm not Daniel with the whole, you know. Single strain, mm-hmm. multi strain blend. What I, I don't, you know, that's not my world. But I love a good Starbucks cup of coffee. I make a good Starbucks coffee. I mean, I, to me, I think I do. So that's the beans you get. Is mm-hmm. Starbucks? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. That's what my Sam's wife does Club. Too. I buy them in bulk. Yep, you know, exactly. It, it the ends, I don't care what's happened to the prices. It's still affordable for me. I mean, as far as like per cup, much compared more to going. Yeah, yeah, and compared to buying a quarter pound or half pound or whatever it is in the grocery store True. like sam's club's where it's at but anyways i will be the guy who makes my pot of coffee i have a little four cup pot and i'll put it in and go to a restaurant i'll take oh, my coffee yeah. to breakfast yep put that coffee down so i'll walk into waffle house where i frequent regularly for breakfast or uh it could be cracker barrel or a number of other places where i do not like their coffee <laughs> and i'll bring my coffee Coffee's for closers only. So is Starbucks the only one you like whenever you go out? Basically, you don't drink anything else. Unless I'm in Italy. Fair enough. Italian coffee is the bomb. I got to hand it to you. Great fruit you got here. Que belle frutte. We're going to try Sip Club then, and if she doesn't like the coffee, we'll cancel it in I put like a tw- two weeks. I put a post on Twitter. I've talked about this before, at Quint Tatro, by the way. Quint Tatro. And I'll tell you one other thing we do to save money, which I think is fire, is when we have big purchases... Yep. We will drop all those big purchases in our Amazon cart because 99.9% of the time those big purchases are something we can get from Amazon. Mm-hmm. So we're sprucing up our tailgating theme this year. Oh. Yeah, we're going to we're going to get we're going to invest in our tailgate a little bit. Uh so we got some new chairs, we got some, you know, table covers and things like that. Nice. So my wife dropped all that stuff because I told her she's on aesthetics this year. I'm on food. My food is fantastic. You bring out the Blackstone. And uh, up, yeah, right? and I had to downsize that a little bit because mm. I can't bring out the big one anymore. Anyways, long story there. But I said, you're on aesthetics. We got to up our game. Like, it's time. This is ridiculous. So she went to Amazon, dropped it in the cart, and it's sitting there. And it's several hundreds of dollars, which will take me a while to pull the trigger on. Like, I probably should just go and do it, but it's going to take me some time. But that's your that's how you avoid making just instinctual. Yeah. You throw it in the, in the well, cart I, and wait. Yeah, and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, really? Do we really need that? You know? Anyways, I'll ultimately get it. 
because <laughs> because we're going to invest in our tailgate. We made that decision long ago. Put the money away, have it. Okay, but I won't just buy it through Amazon because at Kroger right now, I can buy Amazon gift cards and through Sunday, and they do this all the time, I get four times my points. Oh. So if I buy a $100 Amazon gift card, I get 400 fuel points. You know what that equates to? 40 cents a gallon. On a 20-gallon fill-up, which is usually what I do, you know what that is? $8. So guess what? I just saved $8 on my $100 Amazon purchase. I basically just got 8% off. I got to give you props. That's impressive. That's impressive, right? That is very impressive. Yeah. I mean, we bought patio furniture, and I was, I mean, we, we, again, investment. That was a big investment, several hundreds of dollars. And I went through the line, and I had, like, milk and eggs, and I bought two $500 Amazon gift cards. <laughs> and my bank stopped it. Like, I had to call my bank or answer that text, like, hey, $500 Amazon gift card at Kroger. Was that you? I'm like, like yes. For the points. And then there's, like, somebody on the other line going, what? He's whacked out. <laughs> but 1,000 points at four times was 4,000 fuel points. Guess how many dollars we saved? Lots. <laughs> Lots. Lots of dollars. That's fire. That's great. That's All right. Good. This episode, as always, sponsored by Jewel Financial, J-O-U-L-E, financial.com. Check us out on the web. Check us out the vast services that we provide to folks like yourself all over the United States. Don't have to be in Kentucky. It's pretty amazing, actually. Most of our clients now are coming from other areas. Check us out on social, DIY podcast, everywhere you get your social. And... DIY Money Podcast. Yeah, sorry, DIY Money Podcast. And we need questions, so drop us an audio file via email. Just hit voice memo on your phone. Record your question, send it off, podcast at DIYMoney.org. If we use it on the show, we'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. Fascinating question today. I love it. Really Fascinating question. Fascinating question, really question, question from Thomas. What do you got? DIY! Hey, DIY. My name's Thomas, and I'm based in Telluride, Colorado, and I've got a question for you guys about stocks that have basically gone bust. So in my taxable brokerage account, I've got a handful of investments that were basically just bad choices. Luckily, most of my holdings are in good ETFs and good companies, but early in my investment career, you know, played the gambling game a little bit with some companies that basically went bust never sold them off, and they're still just kind of sitting there, you know, down 70, 80, 90% in terms of the losses. Curious on your thoughts, whether it makes sense to lock in those losses and sell them off to get a little bit of money back out of them, or to just let them kind of hang out there and see if maybe one day they come back from the dead. Just curious on your thoughts on those uh, investment choices that basically go bust. All the best. Okay, let me tell you what I love about this question. What I love about this question is, Thomas, I'm going to assume you're fairly young, meaning you have a very long investment time horizon. Now, you might think I'm going to say, well, then just hold on. It'll come back. It's not what I'm going to say. What I'm, what I'm saying and, and referring to is, is that you've learned now an expensive lesson And it's a lesson that once you learn it the first time, you don't have to ever learn it again. So this is big. This is big because maybe this happened, maybe it didn't. But a lot of times somebody goes out 
and they'll put some money in an individual stock and they'll make a lot of money. And I can't tell you how dangerous that is. What I mean by that is there was no fundamental research. There wasn't any real action plan. It was like, oh, I've heard about this company or I use this company or whatever. And I think it's going to go up. So I'm going to buy shares. And it did. I'm a genius. Oh, my goodness. I'm un- like, I should do this every day. Maybe I should quit my job. It's like when you have that person on your basketball team and they hit a shot. And that is the worst possible thing that could have happened. So years ago, when my son was about six or seven years old, we walked into one of those game room places like a Chuck E. Cheese or something, mm-hmm. less the weird ball pit. And my son was like, Dad, the claw, can I put a dollar in the claw? And I'm like, son, like that's totally rigged. You're not going to win. And he he had a do- he had money. And I was like, and then I looked, I thought to myself, this is a great life lesson. Like, like this is a lesson if he can spend a dollar and lose a dollar, and then he'll never do it again. And so he put a dollar in. Nailed and it. he won. Yep. Game over. Oh. Every claw machine from here to Missouri. Okay, fast forward two months later, we're on Oh, you know, beach trip or something rains, so we go to indoor game place. Blah blah blah, because it's a rainy day. I'm like, I don't know. I'm feeling super generous or whatever, and so I get the kids twenty dollars worth of tokens. Okay, then go play ski ball. This blah blah blah, whatever. Like, mom and I are going over here and grabbing a slice of pizza. Like, we'll see you in an hour or so. My son comes back in five minutes in tears oh man! and he's like shaking and i said bud like i figured somebody beat him up took his cup of coins like what happened he's like the claw machine and and i kept i was gonna win the next time uh, uh. and like it was a like he was breaking down like a gambler attic who was like no one more pull one more dollar i can hit this i can do it and I told him, I said, okay, now we're $21 in to this experience. I said, I bet you in your life, son, you will never do this again, ever. And he pulled himself together, and I gave him 20 bucks. which I get it. Some of you out there just rolled your eyes. Some of you out, oh, terrible parent. But I had a similar situation in my life, and I lost some money in a stupid street game one time in New York, like an idiot. Totally, I got hustled. Baby, that man hustled me. Long before I ever hustled him. Hey, that's true, Ron. I saw the whole thing. <laughs> and it was like $10 or $20. And I mean, I got hustled. And I was with my dad. And I was in shock. They packed up and left. It was find the ball. I, mean, it was, I was hustled, newbie. And my dad said, you just learned a very important lesson. Yep. You know, look around. You don't know who the sucker is. Guess what? That sucker is you. And he gave me 20 bucks. And I learned a lesson very painfully and I valued that money thereafter. And I, I've never done something like that again. So, wow. Back to Thomas's and question. that's it. We got, no. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. I mean, we just went off on the rails. So, I apologize, Thomas. My point is, is that you've learned a lesson. The lesson is as follows. If you're going to venture into individual stock investing, it is no game. There is nothing, you know, secure in a, in a tip or, you know, I like this company, I use this company, et cetera. Now, this is vastly different than when you hear us give young people advice about just buying shares in company that they use. Those companies could go belly up as well. It, it, that's a learning lesson about maybe buying 
$5, $10, whatever of, you know, a company that they use, a, a, a product that they like, a service that they use. That's different. That's totally for the educational value. And I anticipate it won't work out most of the time. Sometimes it will. You'd be surprised. But in your situation and anybody listening out there, most every person should stick to index investing only. That's it. Allow the market as a whole, 11 sectors, 500 stocks, international markets, thousands of stocks, etc., to be your barometer of success when it comes to your investing. Now, diversified portfolio, mid-cap, small-cap, international emerging, if you have a large portfolio, that makes a ton of sense. I'm all for that. But right now, when you're going down this path, unless you have the knowledge, the edge to do the fundamental research, the understanding of buying an individual stock, I personally believe you stay away. Now, rule number two, if you do like that sort of thing, because Logan will tell you, I'm the first person, if somebody has a passion for following markets, studying businesses, learning how to value companies, whatever your ed technical trading, I don't care what your edge is. The, what I would say to that is you have to have a plan when you go into that position, whether it's fundamental, whether it's technical, whatever the rationale is, you have to have a plan. And I would add to that that you have to be able to put the time in to execute that plan. If you're going to have a plan for that particular stock that you're going to buy, but then you're going to be busy all the time to not be able to watch it and oh, monitor it, for then sure. you need to have I, that too. I mean, years ago, when I got off the trading desk, I wrote a book called Trade the Trader. It was published by FT Press, which is a division of Prentice Hall. I was very proud of the book. A vast majority of the book talked about risk, applying risk to trading. Bill O'Neill, the father of Investor's Business Daily, a great wide-read publication, an entire trading system. His mantra used to be a 7% stop. I mean, you enter a position, he was like, you just put a 7% stop. Didn't matter you know, where the position was. I mean, assuming you got a good entry, but you know, risk control. So I'm not going to go down too far because that's not a majority of our audience. But if you are, are like, no, Quinn, I love, like it just was a bad investment. And we haven't even answered his question, by the way. No. So I'll let you do that. But we haven't, we haven't even talked about it. But, but let's say, you know, Thomas is like, no, Quinn, I did the research. I did the fundamentals. I really like that. Then you made an error in your plan, in your strategy. Because unless you knew, like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing this and my, 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 my law, I, I could lose 90%, then maybe you should be adding. Like if you did the homework, if the, if the numbers still check out, if the yep. fundamentals are still there and nothing has changed in the business, you might just be adding. Yep. But if it was a tip that you heard about, your neighbor, your friend, or you just thought it was cool or it was going up and everybody was buying it, right? Remember when was buying cannabis stocks and mm -hmm. all these other you know, SPACs and all this other nonsense and, and you just got caught up in the euphoria, that was not an investment strategy. Not an investment strategy at all. What say you, Logan? Oh, you were finished. Oh, well, allow me to retort. This a lot, like almost everything we talk about, comes down to psychology as well. So I think if you're evaluating a company that has gone down 70 to 90%, you need to reevaluate and say, is this company still valuable? Is it still something I want to own? Does it have a plan in my portfolio? And if it doesn't, you have to be willing to let that stock go. 
there is the psychology of getting back to even. We talk about this all the time. It's like, okay, well, once I get back to even, then I'll sell the stock. Or once I get back to a certain point, then I'll sell it. Well, you need to evaluate it now and really decide, is this something I want to hold on to in my portfolio? Is it a company that still the fundamentals line up or still the technicals that I bought it for line up? Or was it one of these things where I was just trying to make money in something that was increasing? I threw it in there. It might be time to let it go. Now you have a loss. Maybe you can do something with that loss to offset some gains you have in other areas. But you can't have the mindset and let psychology drive the bus when you're trying to do trading or individual equities. Because if it's a loser and you are just waiting till it gets back to a certain point to sell it at this dollar amount, it may never get there. And it's, you're just going to hold on to a loser. Every semester when a new crop of kids comes into Finance 485 at UK, which I teach, one of the first things they do is they inherit stocks that were already in the portfolio. And they all want to know where we bought it. It's like this thing, like, well, where did we get it? Are we up in it? Are we down in it? And I look, I say, I don't care. does not matter. It doesn't matter. You need to evaluate it right now. Would you buy it here? If you would, we own it. If you wouldn't, we need to sell it. It's very, very simple. Evaluate it in that format, and that will help you inform your decisions, Thomas. Great question. Thanks so much for sending it our way. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. And remember, the secret to wealth is pretty simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decisions, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.